0: I'm Angela. Hey, I'm Adrian, and we're, we're black, black women, women in New New York. Europe. And you say New York in Europe. So in Europe. York. Okay. no, I don't ever want to be in New York. Um, Again, no, I never want to go to New York. Um, <laughs> we're black That's women the in I Europe.
1: Another show, people. Okay, it is.
0: Why? Why Angela doesn't like New York? Okay. I don't. Um, this is our first podcast our inaugural podcast and we want to welcome everybody and hope that you follow us for forever
1: absolutely um, i mean this is very exciting for me i hope i don't get emotional but like when the says "follow us forever this has been a dream of mine to well this is okay i wanted to have like black women in europe tv because I thought we were just so fabulous. You know, we need to have our own TV channel. What that would look like or what that would mean, I don't know. But 15 years later, podcasts are a thing. And Angela is an excellent editor. It can edit the video thing. So this is like a dream. I consider this like my TV. You know, I get to say this is our TV channel. So we're so excited that you're a part of it, whether you're going to be part of the audio audience or the video audience. Just thanks so much for coming and hanging out with us. Yes, thank you so much. And it's
0: you can find us, you can find everything about Black Women in Europe, the our Facebook, our Twitter, <clears throat> our YouTube, our um
1: blog site. Instagram. Yeah, we yeah Instagram. we've got to set
0: up an Instagram, but that's coming. Um we've, we've got have... LinkedIn. Oh, okay. I did not know for that.
1: Professional women, yeah. So for you know, sisters, you're on LinkedIn, we've got a, a group for LinkedIn professionals so that we can support each other, share job leads. Sometimes recruiters try to get in I'm like, tell me what you're sharing. I don't know what, you know, let's, we don't need to be a group of 50 professional women and one white guy that's an HR recruiter. That's fine, because we maybe can't have those conversations and we want to talk about this going on in our careers. But I put it on there, you know, if you're a recruiter, get in touch with me, I'll share job leads. So we've shared a lot of opportunities. So yeah, Facebook groups, oh, also for sisters, They're in the States because some of us have returned to the States or outside of Europe. Let me put it like that. You don't have to be in the States. Some of us are in Asia. Some of us have returned back to the U.S. Some of us are in the Caribbean. Um, Some of us are, you know, a lot of us um, are teaching. That's something I never did, but that's an excellent way to spread your wings and get around the world. So a lot of sisters are in there because, they're, you know, we're one family. So we've got a group just for Europe. Because we need to have our own space, too, so we can talk about the hair place, the food place, the spa place, and not be that resource for people that are trying to move to Europe. Nothing wrong with that. So that's why we have that separate group, because we want to support people who are trying to make that move as well. You know, it's all about having our safe spaces, and they look different, too, depending on your circumstance. You know, some people need money and me. Some people need career. You know, some people just want a girlfriend to hang out with. Some people are all about business, um, connections. So over the 15 years, you know, I don't know if you remember Ning, Angela, N-I-N-G, know. Okay. That predated Facebook and Facebook blew that out of the water, but it was interactive social network that you create and build your own, you brand your own. You could pay to brand. I think over a couple of years, they changed their business model, but had the social network there and then Facebook came. So, I mean, it's been 15 years and needs change. So that's back to why the podcast, I think the podcast is vital because a blog is static. The podcast is going to let women talk and speak yes. and be heard. And yes. that we deserve to be heard. That's going to be the best matter. part. Yes. That, that women,
0: we're going to be able to let women talk and tell about their lives, and their businesses, and the things that they're they're doing. I, I'm i amazed. I didn't realize when I got involved with Black Women in Europe that it had been 15 years until we were looking at the date. And um, it's your anniversary in- yeah, It's December. because of you
1: that didn't get by me, honestly, because I'm in a period of personal grieving, you know, I daddy, and I can't remember what I was, I don't know what I was thinking about. But you looked in, oh, to backtrack, I met Angela in. I want to say. Okay, we, I was back from England, so 2019, May, No, 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 17. Was it yeah. 2017? I think it was 2017 that I first met you. Yes. 2017, I was back in Stockholm, you we were in Germany, and we had a phone conversation. It was seven hours. And the only reason I know that, because I look back at a post I made and I was like, oh my God, I just talked to Angela. It was like seven hours. and <laughs> I know. Just talking about, it was all day because it started during the day. In the morning and it went all day. We were doing, you know, we could do other things, but we basically talked to all day. And it wasn't just about get out the vote, which is something we're passionate about. It wasn't just about your vision of a global black caucus, which is something we're passionate about. You know, I feel like we really bonded. And I knew then, I was like, I want her on my board. But I was like, you can't ask somebody you just meant to be a good <laughs> Yeah, okay, that might have been a little, a little premature, but um plus you was building the global black caucus. It was like, you know, I was like, she doesn't have the bandwidth. It was like she, she didn't she didn't have, I was like, she's got the competence, she's got the spirit, we've got the connection, she's got all the the ingredients, but except for bandwidth. And I was short on bandwidth myself, and so is my board. Um, so I know that. And so we're taking our time doing things. But I say that to say, I fell in love with Angela Ben. so I knew I wanted her to be part of BWIE at some point. But I was just thinking the nonprofit because she's so damn efficient and can get things done. And you when know, you got a nonprofit, you, know, you got a mission, you got to get things done. So I was like, okay, great. And then you created the podcast and then I saw your talents with that. And I don't know how or why, because I'm lucky you invited Mm -hmm. me to co-host with you when we were going like that last year. Yeah, last year in the election. Get out the vote, yeah. You were like, Adrian, we need to get out the vote for the Global Black Caucus. And, And just a little asterisk. Another thing I love, Angela, like we met working for another organization, but for me, from the beginning, our friendship was outside. Like I knew we would be friends outside of that organization. And so now we're still in the organization yeah. But things have shifted around and you've got more bandwidth. So I just didn't hate, hesitate to like hop on you and say, I know what you're doing moving forward now. Like, no, I asked you, I was like, do you know what you're doing now? I was like, I do. You know, it was like, great. And luckily Angela agreed. And so it's just part it to me, it um, helps illustrate the whole Be the Black Women in Europe thing because I started it out of a spirit of well selfishness. Let's just be honest. I was moving from I moved from Washington D.C. I grew up in D.C. when it was Chocolate City. You know, went to Howard University, moved to Brussels. There's a very Black um, Cartier section, Montagne, where a lot of um, people from the Congo. This is probably true all over the world, but anywhere people have been colonized and that colonizing country, you will find a vibrant community of the people that were colonized. And mm-hmm. in Brussels, you know, we know the Belgians did horrible stuff in the Congo. Wow. Uh, we could have a whole episode on that. And we probably we will. Do. Yeah. We need somebody mm-hmm. who could stop, talk properly to it. Cause I won't give it justice, but just to say there's a reason why there's this huge, vibrant community there. Um, and, um, I said, they're okay, cool. Then I meet the Swede. I ended up moving to Sweden. And I was like, okay, where are my people? Oh. And they were here. Took a little longer to find them. What, you know, I didn't have that clear, like, it's that neighborhood. I mean, it's like in London, Brixton. You know, go to Brixton. You know, that's where you can find the Caribbean community. You know, I don't know if there's a place like that in Stockholm where you can say that. There's not a place that I know about. Hopefully we can find out when we talk about, that's one thing we want to talk about, just yeah. where's your normal cultural stuff. You know, like if I go to Paris on the weekend, I know there are a lot of African-American tours, but where do you, you know what I mean? Like the people that live there. So that's one of the things I want to talk to you about people, you know, like, where do you just go?
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: Services, yeah. So I can, I can tell you, um, there isn't like one part of Stockholm I can push you to, like there is in Brussels and in London. Um, but what, so when I got to sweet, I was like, I got to find my people. So I said, I'm doing the, how creative is black women in Europe blog? Right. Not very, but it was like, how creative does it have to be? Cause to me, it was, um, also like, okay, I have to do my research. Cause this was never going to be the Adrian blog. Who the heck? I'm not even sure I could get my mother to read every entry of <laughs> you know, you know, if I already could do that. Who the heck cares? And nothing wrong to people that do that. But for me, that wouldn't have the energy because I'm thinking who the heck cares, right? So, but I'm like, who cares about Black women in Europe? I'm like me. I need inspiration. I need community. I want to know what's going on there. I was like, I know. And I knew instinctively that it had to be bigger than France and the UK, because you know, typically at least I did about those communities, even if it's because you hear about Josephine Baker or um, James Baldwin, you know, the African-Americans that went to Paris, you know, we know about African-American presence in, in France. We know about it in the UK about black, being black and British, at least a lot of us do. So I was happy to start there. There was a wealth of information from back to, oh my God, have you, do you have Netflix? Yeah, I have Netflix. So did you watch Bridgerton? I did. Oh my God. I I can't wait for it to come back. So it's, um, and this is going to be a spinoff about the queen, but that, you know, that black queen was a real person. And Jonas and I have been to the castle in Scotland where that, okay, no, I'm getting it confused because there, do I have it? I don't have it here, but there's a famous picture in the castle of Scotland, of a young African American woman dressed very regally with her white mm-hmm. counterpart, and um, in that same castle, I think I asked about didn't wasn't there a black? I think it was King George the Third, King George the Third, the one that lost the colonies, the one who went crazy. Yeah, he was married to a black. She was from the Portuguese royalty, and you know they had all that stuff they did in Africa. The Portuguese. Again, another episode. And so Megan isn't the first African American to marry into the British royal family. All that saying, I knew there was stuff out there. But what I did not know is that I was going to find, you know, that the the African Americans that went to Russia during um, the 50s, right? For example, or, um, you know, you heard about the Moors, but do we really know who the Moors are? you know, or the Medici's, you know, there's a theory that they're black, you know, the most powerful family, you know, in, in medieval Italy. And, you know, you hear these fascinating stories and then, you know, I found out about women who were lawyers in the European Court of Human Rights, you know, for example, um, some Americans, some not, you know, um, like you mentioned on the black eye tips, you know, physicists, um, Olympians, beauty queens but like you say people like us entrepreneurs yes, just yes. regular people that you know they've got the hair salon or they opened up the the african food shop or you know they're um went to school in a new country and learned to be a massage therapist and then 20 years we're gonna have one of our own show she's in sweden at 20 years of working for other companies she's like i'm hanging up my own shingle you know so it's one of my friends a former ballerina you know, that after you hang up your, you know, your point shows, you know, she got retrained to be a foot therapist and there's a special training for that in Sweden. That's like in between podiatrist and way above pedicurist, you know what I mean? Right. So, so, you know, we come and we reinvent ourselves then, you know, there's, you know, third, fourth, fifth generation, even longer women, you know, that have been here. Um, so if I didn't move to Sweden, would I have started it? I don't know. Uh, because there was enough black going on in my life in Brussels that I don't think I would have started it. Well, thank goodness you moved to Sweden, honestly,
0: um, for, for any number of reasons. But I think what you've done is incredible. And I'm so happy to be a part of this enterprise. And I know we have a lot of interesting things planned um you know what um a lot of interesting topics planned
1: yeah and it's so good to have someone because believe it or not I've done this all by myself um probably because I'm a control freak definitely because I didn't have a budget I wasn't it was never about making money and it was just providing a safe place again it was selfish right it was for me and then when you see it's it resonates with other people then it's like I mean because I've seen conversations in Ning in the older group um somebody in Germany and she's like you know my boyfriend they got into a fight and he got physical and she needed a place to stay that night and another sister was like I don't live far from you just come you know and that wow. would have been the first time they met face to face but we had already been in that space and it's like but you know that's what we do is women in general we want to nurture and take care of people I think black women in particular, we want to have each other's back. Yes. I like to believe that. Even though, you know, we've all got stories or maybe not, but I've got my fair share of stories where, you know, you're like.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Well, (laughs) yeah, well, anybody can put a dagger in your back. So that's,
1: (laughs) that's not, that's not racially. It's um, equal opportunity. That is
0: a thousand percent.
1: um, Yeah. So, so that made me feel good. And that let me know that, well, this isn't about like having advertisers and trying to commercialize this and all this. This is about that sister that could clear through the clutter and found, either saw that message or could put that message. And that meant the world to me for that. And then just messages like, oh, I knew I wasn't alone. Or just messages like, oh, it's just nice. Because another thing, yeah, the mission. Because then you start thinking this and it's like, okay, this is bigger than just selfish things maybe because um, you don't want to start doing stuff half A double S, you know, Mm. was going to be clean. Cause mommy, right. You don't want to do stuff halfway. And so, you know, you want to be quality. Right. And then people are like, Oh, I was so inspired seeing that story about so-and-so or I didn't know about so-and-so or, and it could be one person. And they'll tell you about something that you did six months ago and you hear about it. Six months later, you know, it's not yeah. like I've ever had this thing where it's like blown up and I get go viral or get like a thousand comments. It's always stuff I hear later, or when I have done different things. Like last year, you participated by coming to—I don't know if you came to belly dance or soca class last year, but we kind of did it again this year. But like the Let's Do Us workshop series, because once I realized that pandemic thing and like Europe was locked down hard, yeah. You know, I had just made it back from the States and it was like lockdown hard. I was like, okay, let's. how can we support each other? And one of the things that we're going to have her on the show, I don't know if we have a confirmed yet, but she's a sister, she's a psychotherapist in Copenhagen. She's from Uganda though. And her thing is like to give black girls back their magic. I think that's her tagline. So, you know, I was like, love you. So, you know, safe space, she did a free group therapy session for us it was people from all over. And there was a woman from the UK talking. I mean, she had had a racial attack. Oh my God. I know. So we had people with real trauma. They were processing past the trauma that we were processing with the George Floyd, you know, Yeah, we had a lot of stuff to unpack. So just the power of our network that we have this psychotherapist, this licensed psychotherapist, that was like, I will do this for us because this is important. You know, this woman who is a professional, she's a, um, she splits her time between Berlin and um, Barbados. She's from the Caribbean. I'm sorry, Canada. So man, you can split your time. It's not 50-50. But she's an official cultural, um, I don't know what they call it, ambassador, ambassador but yeah. or representative. But it's not just that, like, it's some official, like, tourist board licensing. Right. Because she does cultural dancing like when she did our belly dance and when she did our soca you know she's in not europe just like a zumba instructor and nothing wrong right. with being a zumba instructor because if you're a zumba instructor in, in europe come and get a little podcast i want us to that's be- right just write to Play.
0: podcast at black yeah. but yeah but i just want to
1: make sure i do that big up um this sister because she gave her talent she used to teach classes in in germany and in canada but a series for free. This year we did it for minimal because I was like, okay, year after the people got to get paid a little bit of stuff, you know. But so that's the power, that's the blessing that when you put enough people in the room, they're like, yeah, I want to share, I want to help. Somebody did a writing seminar. Um, somebody did. and She's a published author, and she talked about. I think I built it like everybody has everybody's life's a bestseller. You know, and it's an act of self-love if you journal every day. We had somebody like the power of a morning routine and it was beautiful. And I'm like, I wish I could do it, but I'm not consistent, but you know, like, you get up early and you have your time for yourself. And it reminds me like what I used to read about Michelle Obama, she was like, yeah, she was up at four 30 and you get to the gym at five. I used to think what's going to happen to the girls. And she's like, Barack's there in bed. He can get up and they cry. But she's like, but if I don't get this work in for me, work out right. in for me, I'm not going to be good. So we had people try to help us with that. We did meditation sessions. Um, we did business communications. Um, oh, we had a career coach, T- Trina. We're going to talk to Trina. Trina Roach. She's in German. Um, I hope you guys don't spend all the time talking in German. You know, I don't, <laughs> I don't think like we're going to do that. So, <laughs> um, But it's just amazing about, you know, like what we can do in the strength and part of that. And you, your brilliance that you're bringing to this. One of the things is you're like, okay, we're going to do this even better. So like I started like a let's do us business directory. And that was basically as a way to reward these women who were giving us their um, expertise in services for free. So I was like, okay, will they get in the business list uh, directory? And, you know, let's try to get them out there. But you're like, you know what, let's forget it doesn't just have to be women that participated in this. Let's make it. What is it you want to do? I think it's a great idea.
0: Yeah, I want to expand our directory to include more professionals and they could be men, too, Um, because for me, for some things, it would be awesome if I could find an African or an African-American or somebody that like a, like a, as I said, on the other show I was on, like a dermatologist. Yeah. my like God. Someone that understands black skin.
1: And there is definitely you know? a difference. Absolutely. So you're right. Just like Yama who's in Copenhagen, definitely would put her in there as a psychotherapist, you know, she yeah. does group or one-on-one, you know, you're right. You want, I know i like female doctors, you know, in Sweden, um, you know, I could go private. A directory like this wouldn't necessarily benefit me within the Swedish system, but this gives me something to think about. I need to see if, because you choose um, where you live, where which clinic you want to be associated with and your main doctor. I need to see, because they give you the names, if they have profiles and see, because mm-hmm. I always try to at least look at the female names and try to, you know, you want a female doctor sometimes. Definitely gynecologist for me. So that's something that I need to think about for me personally, but you're right. And a lot of, if I wanted to go private, I definitely would want a black um, psychotherapist. I would definitely want a black um, dermatologist. Um, Even things like where to get your hair done. That may sound trivial, but we know it's not.
0: No, no, absolutely (laughs) it's not. It's very important. And I, we're going to look for black professionals all over Europe so that possible. we can, across the board, so that we can inform our members, our listeners, um, what's going on. And if there is someone you need to turn to, hopefully we'll have something in our directory for you. And in
1: addition to that, who's got the Black um, restaurants? Yes. You know, that sister that we're going to go visit in, she in Den Haag, Den Yeah. The Hague. In the Netherlands, she's a woman of color that specializes in beauty treatments for women of color. Just like you say, you don't squeeze us the right, you know, you squeeze us the wrong way. We got a scar. Some of us keloid, you know, we can't have laser therapy, you know. So, yeah, so people like that. So across the board, not just um, people providing consumer goods or services, but also professional services. Even if, you know, this guy, he does expat taxes for black people. I mean, for Americans and he's black. We want him in our directory. That's
0: right. That's right. Because um
1: we Americans buy black.
0: have to. That's right. We want to support uh black people around Europe. And we want people to we want people to know that they exist and that they're here to help you too,
1: and that they're just as qualified as anyone else, you know. Please email that to contact at blackwomen But you know, another thing. So what I did um so I'm trying to think. It was at the 10-year anniversary. Yeah, I started a nonprofit. And the main three pillars are to provide alternative media source. Oh, I should have this on the top of my head, right? But basically, alternative um, media platforms to celebrate Black women in Europe. So basically, to sustain and support what I'm already doing with the blog what will we will be doing with the podcast, that that's a mission that like, once we retire from doing it, that we want that to live on. To me, that's why the foundation was important, a nonprofit that you have other, that you can build something with a vision that this lives on, this can't die with me, you know? Yes. And you haven't, you come on, me lets me know that it won't. And um, so part of that, to have that structure. Also, another type of directory, where do black women in Europe turn to in crisis? yeah that's important. different types of crisis whether it's domestic violence whether it's immigration because somebody's hassling you whether it's you've been discriminated at your job whether you know what i mean there's a lot of different yes. organizations a lot where you are in germany by the way that's focused on african women or women or women and, ch- and children so i think that that's important that non as a nonprofit that you know, okay, the commercial side we can focus on the commercial side, but where do you go in crisis? That's and really
0: important. It's really important because honestly, if you are in a country, let's say you haven't even you haven't been here for that long, yeah. and something happens, like mm-hmm. who do you go to? What do you do? Um,
1: yeah.
0: And domestic violence you- is a
1: thing in Sweden. I mean, not that it wouldn't be. I don't know any country in world. I'm sure you know there's scales and degrees of it. Um, And as you say, if you just landed and don't know the language, you may not know where to go. But if you're Black and already plugged in or, you know, it's my hope that the resources are available. Then, you know, you work to get it out there in in word of mouth. But also, like, in this directory, there there are a lot of organizations um, like European Network Against Racism. I think they should be listed because then they have a lot of programs. And also, we need to be doing collaborative works, grant. There's tons of funding in the EU. We represent a demographic that needs to be um, a part of the entire EU. I know I've got a black member of European Parliament from Sweden. Oh, nice. We need more representation on the EU level, right? There's somebody from Germany. I can't think of her name, she wears glasses. She's a um, shero of mine. I saw her at a Congressional Black Caucus event in the States a couple of years ago, they had her and a couple other um, people in from Europe talk about, um, they weren't on the Helsinki Commission, I don't think, but they're, um, there's somebody from Belgium that supposedly is right-wing. I'm like, and I had her on my power list. The power list is something else I did. And somebody was like, She's right wing. You know, do you sure you want to have her on the power list? I was like, this isn't a popularity list. I was like, if she is a member of parliament, she has power. And if she inspires okay. somebody to knock her out of her seat because they think she's some crazy white wing person, that's me empowering somebody else to be politically active. But I can't, she's got power.
0: But yeah. You are in true. European
1: Parliament, you got power. So um I I I think I had somebody else from France a while ago that was like the member of the that same party that marie le pen was in oh my they God. were like why do you have her and again i was like because if you're that outraged what are you going to do about her that's your country get her up. how did that happen yeah she's got the power
0: that's one of the things that i that we definitely want to talk about over the course of time is the different political issues that mm. are important to people in in various european countries mm. because i think I mean, I, and I know this from people that I know that are American, like sometimes people just aren't tuned in to what's going on. You know, they're just going through their daily life and they don't know what the changes are, what's important.
1: You know, and I get that because you get bubbled and I tend to rely on my sweet to tell me what's going on in Europe, you know, especially over the course of the pandemic, I was just trying to stay up to date with that and, you know, help, you know, support my family because, You know, like you said, we were, you talked about this earlier, we were all going through the toilet paper crisis, you know, we were all going through crazy things. So I was like, okay, you handle what's happening here, I'm handling over there, because I'm like Instacart and stuff, you know, because I was like, my sister, don't go out, you know, nobody had a vaccine, you know, I was right in the early scary days. I was like, I just, and we were every day seeing, watching that Cuomo update, and I was suffering through just to hear Dr. Fauci and stuff. You know, so I tended to get I could see in the last year I got really insulated with news. yeah. And before that, there's and you have it in Germany, too. It's called the local.
0: Yes, that's right. The local is in a variety of uh, European countries. It's an English language paper. But whether you can read the local language or not, I think that there's just so much going on that people just can't you know they just don't have the bandwidth to handle all these things and hopefully we'll be able to to talk about that some of the the various things and if you have something you think that we should share out to the world please feel free to email podcast at com. and um I'm sorry is it yes it's blackwomen.europe.com podcast at Black Europe. yeah right. I know sometimes you're like is that right it's
1: like yeah, yeah that's, that's right
0: um, and it. yeah, and let us know because we're happy to feature it. You know, With I mean,
1: FYI, that's actually Angela's email. So yeah, that's email. me. So
0: <laughs> you're not.
1: You know, I, I'm better suited to sort these kind of things out. But yeah, at, um. Also, another one of Angela's fabulous ideas. Another okay, I feel so lucky. Okay, I think me and you were crying when we decided to have that we were going to do this because um you were looking for something to do. I was like, oh my god, you're like a godsend. You know. I've been needing, waiting for you since I met you, but for someone to come and I have trust issues. So somehow I trust you though. I don't know. That's because I'm super honest. Yeah.
0: <laughs> like really I'm, I, I don't want to, you know, if I wanted to, I guess I could lie, but I don't feel a lot of need to
1: in the, you in know, the And I'm, I'm like, everything we've been through since 2017, everything we've worked towards, everything we've accomplished. We've been through a lot. Yeah. We've been through a lot. And to let people know we have had in real life, physical meetups because as this was pre pandemic, you know, we haven't been able to see each other, which is like, we're talking about, we're going here and there. We're like, yeah, we don't know when, but we're going because we're um, long. I was thinking of the Swedish word length. We long, and to me, that kind of sounds weird to say in English, but to see each other as yes. friends, we long for like that hanging out thing. So I don't want people thinking, oh, they're in Europe. They're traveling all over. Look, we are both double vaccinated and I'm boosted. Wow. I got my butt boosted. I'm boosted. Wow. The whole household's boosted. But I'm always like, you know, full protection for this house with mommy. I was like, Karen, you get, you know, you first, you first, you know, an order of... Chronological order, you know, I was like, so we're all boosted. Um, but you know, I'm still it's still a pandemic, so we're not gonna do anything unnecessary. But we're gonna maybe have to talk to this woman before um and maybe get her to do something live thing. Because also I think because I have one friend, the friend that I mentioned that was the ballerina, and went to the foot business. She had that business for years, it did not survive the pandemic. And she was in a lovely little Tony neighborhood in Stockholm. You know, like she, she, and she all, it was like a one, like she never, it was never a big place with multi therapists. She always was like face mask, almost had mask suit. you could eat off the floor. She was like, that was always part of her protocol. Cause like I said, this certification she had, it's like not a podiatrist, but it's not a pedicurist either. So like hygiene and safety, all that was, but her long time class, it was in the thing about Sweden. They never closed any of that down. People were still lining up to go to the liquor store, all bunched up lining up Well, to the yeah, store, <laughs> but wouldn't go to the places they would want for years. Yeah, but
0: it, I I understand that though, you know, I my eyebrows, too. I, I, I wish, do. my hope, my my dream for when this is all over is I really just want someone to do my eyebrows. Oh,
1: I got mine done when I was home. Do the, how do
0: they look? Yeah, no, they oh, look
1: great. They and look I great. I got lashes. Yeah, I, got the, I noticed um, that. <laughs> Did you? But I got the, um, the, like, these aren't like the over-the-top lashes, hopefully. But that's because I knew I'd be so tired, jet lag, and I got something to go through with Jonas this weekend. So I said, I right, got. And then the woman said, don't steam or something. So I'm thinking, am I not going to be able to go in the sauna? Because, you know, Ooh. Sweden. And that's, I know. I'm like, what the hell did I do? Now, if I go in the sauna the night before the party, my eyelashes come off. <laughs> that would be horrible. <laughs> that would be, really be horrible. Nice. Because it would have defeated the point. So I don't know, but I think there's something like a dry sauna thing. Like there's the sauna sauna where you sit there and you just drip. Then there's a steam room. Yeah, I think there's some dry. Yeah, there's a steam room and then there's dryer ones. Yeah, yeah. I'll go yeah. for dry. I'll get some therapy, but I have to be mindful. Um, yeah. But- a little things like that, because this isn't. But like, so ladies, gentlemen too, who's doing lashes what sister? I know a sister in Copenhagen. Her name is Barbara Minsa. She's going to be in the show. She does lashes in Copenhagen. She has her own shop. She also sells um, organic, from the source, shea butter. And she's just been named the beauty editor of a Copenhagen English paper. So oh, we're wow. doing fantastic stuff. Exactly, we're killing it. You know.
0: Yeah, and, that's right.
1: There's a lot of black women in
0: Europe that are doing a lot of really interesting things, and. Um, we definitely want to bring them to you and hear what they have to say, share their experiences, and hopefully we can be interesting and helpful and expand everyone's horizons. Now, You know, like my
1: husband was like, well, you know, what are you going to talk about? And it's like that, you know, like, do you want to give the elevator pitch answer or do you want to think? But I like what you said that basically... It's, we are a voice that deserves to be heard. We're interesting, we're funny. We have insightful things to say. We have uh, points of view that may be completely different from what you're thinking because you don't, we're not given the opportunity to speak. We have um, tons of knowledge, um, we contribute so, so much. Yes. So even the most mundane conversation, I think can be interesting because I think Black women everywhere are doing it. We're doing so much and that it doesn't even seem like we're doing enough. A, a lot, I should say. But when you look around and see what we're doing, we're doing a lot. Yeah. And the other
0: the other thing about it is that what is going to be, what I think will be the most interesting and maybe somewhat different about our show is that we're going to talk to real people, not yeah. necessarily famous people.
1: Well, and I don't think famous people go any famous people, anybody knows famous people. We would love to talk to them. You never I know. know. what you mean. But you, you know, know I, I think, I think that
0: what people, like the lives of real people for me are yeah. more interesting than, you know, what's in the, the, the sort of, what do they call that um, with the papers with movie stars and the tabloids you know, and tabloids stuff. yeah with yeah. like that yeah. i i think that real people's lives are way more interesting and are tabloids
1: um popular in germany
0: um there
1: is there
0: are some yes i and they are very popular yes they are very popular i'm
1: I'm not a big fan, but that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> no, 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 because I know they're popular and brutal in the UK. They're popular here. They're not as tabloidy as like may- maybe National Enquirer. Yeah, yeah. But there's definitely those papers that are like the gossipy papers that you're like. Yeah, yeah. Okay, every
0: every country, country has their everybody. has their trash paper. Like that's <laughs> like guess who's guess who's wearing a blue dress? No.
1: <laughs> Where every country has, uh, well, I don't know, right? Because I know, like, for example, in Thailand, you can't talk about the king, probably not the royal family, but, you know, like in the press where they'll rip, you know, or like, you know, what so-and-so did or say Prince somebody did this or Prince somebody did that, you know, there's a royal papers for that here in Sweden, too, where all they do is dissect the the royal family. Oh, wow.
0: I always forget that so many countries have a royal family still. Um, I'm so glad Germany does not have one.
1: I don't, you know what? I don't, I actually, you know, I think I'm probably glad that we do have one. And here's the only reason. When I told my mother, I met this sweet she was like, oh, they um, they have a princess and she's in New York. It was like immediately relevant to her because she's interested in that. I was like, they have royalty? Like, so I didn't know. I was like, <laughs> and sure enough, the middle daughter, Madeline, and she married this American Rich guy, and they're they're in Florida, I think. Knocked out three kids. You know, she got out the spotlight of being a royal. It's not easy, but... So for me, that was good because my mom was like, immediately, and it was... It just meant something. And that's the only reason I... You know, and Jonas is a royalist. And by that, I mean, when... um, Maybe because you're military, there is... um, Well, yeah. This song you sing to the king, Now every military dinner we go to, it's about the king. And I'm trying to see what the equivalent would be in the States. It would be There like, is not anything. Well, no, because we don't sing to the president. No. But it's part of the ritual, like having to say the Pledge of Allegiance. You know what I mean? Like, they don't have a lot of stuff when you're doing the national. You sing the national song, Olympics, National Day. I don't know. I'm, you know what I mean? But I know the king song because that's part of the military tradition. So that might be why Jonas is a royalist. But I do know when the crown princess got engaged... I loved it. We bought all this fun food and they have, you know, the 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 businesses go crazy with these limited edition stuff that you know is like total crap. But I bought one beautiful like gold tin that was for coffee and we keep foreign coins in it. But it's like that's my one little thing I have. Oh, they did this really, 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 really cute thing in the center of Stockholm, like on the river about um love like the, the princess because she married a commoner you know so they had oh different and ikea did this one thing so it was like the princess and the pea story and ikea imagined they did this amazing and what i loved about it is that love was being celebrated in the middle of stockholm the capital city for like two months um all the and it was so fun and cute so i did get caught up in that because i was like what. I dare anybody not, st- you know. How can you not get caught up and in celebrating love? But it was just so cute and beautiful, and you know, it's like the whole fantasy and if, a little bit of the backstory. We think we, I think you know, it was probably nine years this woman tried to marry her man, and either he, he finally convinced him he was good enough, or he passed the prince training, or whatever. <laughs> because he was, I think he owned the gym, like her gym.
0: Oh wow. Okay, that's really commoner-ish. I mean, I thought, you know, sometimes um, who is it? Um, I'm I'm so bad with these royal things, but so you know, the
1: Japanese princess that just no,
0: no, Prince Harry, his wife. Um what is Bacon. no no the other one then. William, William, and, William and okay, they consider her a commoner, but her father's like a billionaire. You know, it's yeah, but like that's still
1: a commoner. Like, yeah, I know, commoner,
0: but so. but still, that's
1: that for me. That's not yeah, a commoner. But if you oh, own him, you know you're why? like, no, you know why? Because he's self-made commoner. You see what mm. I mean? He's self-made. So if he would have been the fifth earl, of, but then that would have been aristocratic. You know what yeah. I mean? So that's you're right. He would have been commoner. No, you're either aristocratic or commoner in the UK. There's no. that's There's no. um. Either yeah, or, you're an aristocrat or you're not. And you're that's period. why I'm glad
0: we don't have any of this stuff in Germany. I I <laughs> really I'm so glad
1: that yeah, there's you know no... what? So you say about the royals, and I I if they're royals, they've got to be aristocrats. I don't think they get any juice play or anything here in Sweden. Nothing that I can tell. I don't think that that's gonna get you far. Or if it does, you're in that little circle that it matters. But I do know there's one popular musician and with her two, both her brother and sister. And Jonas, they were in some song contest. Oh, the song contest that we have every year to see who's gonna go to Eurovision. Oh, okay. I think they've each been in it at different times. And the first time the guy was in it, he was like, he comes from an aristocratic family, but you know, he's been making music for like 40 years. Like they make their own way. Let me put it like that. It doesn't, and there's none of this like, um, tour of like these fancy houses like people still live in these houses that they can't afford so they yeah, like like in britain where <laughs> you know, like i went to the dalton abbey house we didn't live far from there you know oh. so i got to do that and that's fun you know but it's none of that stuff here in sweden that i know about they are royal castles that they let you visit at certain times but it's pretty much the main royal family the prince, the king i'm sorry his wife who, when they got married in 70s Abba played dancing queen you know oh um, wow okay that probably cute? would
0: have been interesting yeah I
1: know since that's that that kind of stuff is cute um and then you know they they look at their family and then I think like the king's aunt, sisters they're like minor you know they're whatever princesses but they're not in the news they really well. don't they keep their heads down and I like that that's the other thing they're good for um they do what they they what you're supposed to do, I think, in a, in a, what's it called? A
0: monarchy. Democratic
1: monarchy, democratic mm-hmm. monarchy, because he has no power. It's simple. So when, you know, the pandemic came, he was like, listen, wear your mask. You know, like he comes on and speaks and people are like, when the king speaks, you know, cause he never speaks, you know, or rarely once a year, the Christmas speech or so I like that. He's not trotted out a lot. You know, it's like, okay, there was this huge tsunami. In Thailand. Remember that was that 2000. Yeah. Thailand is a disproportionate number of Swedish tourists. Their, yeah, their Swedish I remember that. Has done yeah. well. Yeah. So lots of Swedes died, and okay. it seemed like no, seriously. And it seemed like the government maybe was slow to react or whatever. But the king, you know, was on. It was very healing and unifying, and so they they fill that role. You know, they go out and do like trade missions. They host a noble dinner. What else do we, you know, I don't want anything else from them, to be honest. You know, I don't want to hear anything else. You know, the charity work, I was at an International Women of Stockholm thing and the Queen was there. And it's like, that's kind of cool. That's the one off. Do I ever have to be in the room with the Queen again? No. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I can say I've been in the room with the Queen. So how long, how long have you been living in Sweden? I... Moved here, 2006. And you came
0: there from where? Belgium. Belgium, and didn't you live in the UK
1: also? I did, but I met, okay, so I lived in the UK, but I did in the UK, I um, did like six months. First thing was doing some working thing, married to an American there, and we went back to the States. And then that ran its course. And I got a divorce master's. I like to call it. And, um, part of that course, I wanted to do it in a year. So the wow. last six credits, the last six credits I did over, um, yeah, I was like, the last six credits I did over the summer and a course for the EU where you, it was Dr. Emilia, um, Viano because I say he changed my life. He was a professor, univer- uh, American University. I want to say School of International Service, and it was a course about the EU. I guess two thousand two. This was right before the Euro came. And you can, um, I, I wasn't in the School of International Service. And I was going to say you didn't even have to be a student at American University because there were people from the University of Pennsylvania and other schools that went on this trip. Come to find out, this was a famous—I shouldn't say famous, but pretty well known. Trip thing. I was just trying to figure out how I'm going to get this done. And over the summer, and I was like, oh, that sounds cute. You know, I'm good. And then I said, so that's three credits. And then for the extra three credit I needed to complete, I said, I'll do um, like a thesis thing on the um, communication plan to launch the Euro, because that was going to launch in what 2001 over in 21 mm-hmm. countries was that in
0: 2000 uh yeah when
1: when we when we switched mm-hmm. but we didn't have the money yet yes right. that so was... how how were they going to educate people that whole lead up so that was my three credit project because i was getting a master's in public communication with an interest in my mind always in international public relations so i was like this trip to the eu perfect um so i went on that trip and we, we visited um Brussels, Paris. I'm not saying it in the right order because I think we started in Amsterdam or did we end in Amsterdam? We may have ended in Amsterdam. I know we went to Strasbourg. We were in Brussels. We were in um, Luxembourg. We were The Hague. It was a great, I mean, it was a fantastic trip. I could see why. And you know, the guy, we were meeting in people in the EU institutions you know I've been in the European Court of you know of human rights you know he he wasn't messing around you got your money's worth the itinerary was tight I remember the first yeah, we started in Paris because the first night it was like dinner on the sin and one of those glass boots with the, you know and people were like some people you're like first time you know to Europe but just you know of course you're going to fall in love with the sin and you know, it was funny seeing people crushing on other people like in our group because I had this guy crushing on me. I can remember. And I can see him now. We're Facebook friends. He ended up being in the military officer and married and has like two cute kids and stuff. Um, but I met this guy during that trip in Brussels part, and ended up living four years in Brussels and met my Swede. After that ran its course, everything runs its course. Right. Um, moved here but since we've been together we moved to England because he's military Um, and that was nice for me because not that I don't love Sweden well I don't love Sweden I don't hate Sweden but I don't love it I love my Swedish family and I love my Swede but I don't love Sweden so it was nice to go to England and just be in an English environment even though that can get on your nerves it was like and I could do all the stuff. I could help you. Just go to work. I could set up the phone. I could do this. I didn't have to ask him to help me with anything, you know. So that was nice. Um, wow. And I was in a community with other. I was in an international community, so I wasn't just plunged in an English environment. But we had the best of both worlds. So I did have that English village where a lot of people voted for Brexit. Oh wow! Yeah, I would be at the pub with the, with some of those people and. Um, one guy, Mike the Mover, did not know Brexit because he did international moves across Europe and he's like, we lost half our business like overnight. And then it was like Mickey the um steel um welder who went to Brexit. So just to tell them both working class people is, is what I'm trying to say. One moving physical, you know, that's hard work. Yeah. Uh, we lost half our business overnight. Another guy that had moved down from London wanted Brexit for whatever reason, you know. Um, so. Well, we'll
0: definitely do an episode on that because that's a topic that I can't get enough of. Like- well,
1: everyone that I've invited to come from the UK, I was like, you know, do you want to talk about Brexit? Like what it means to you? And, you know, people have a different take because I'm just curious, like what's available at your local shelf? has it changed your work life? Oh my gosh. You know what my sweet told me that Sweden has the highest gas prices in the world right now. Really? How much yeah. is gasoline? Well, I know. Right. What does that mean? So I'm trying to think we've got diesel. We've got an older, our car is 2009. It's a UK car. When it's done, it's done um at some point they're taking diesel cars off the road in stockholm i don't even know if that's happened yet but it hasn't happened where we are now we're like totally love it we'll drive it till we can't so the diesel price i want to say is higher too but i want to say it was 19 something because i asked i say what's a good price 19 euros no no the thing thing what no so that's the thing 19 kroner
0: Cro- oh, 19 cronies. See, that's the
1: thing. See, and see, the thing then, because I think, isn't it four liters in a gallon? So then, like, to do all that math. But anyway, um, he said we have the highest. So I don't know if we have the highest diesel or petrol prices. But he said right now we have the highest in the world, which I thought was frightening because that's not the end of the scale you want to be on. You know, like, why not the highest vaccination rate in the world? You know? <laughs> well, we don't really have the highest gas prices in the world so i feel sorry because we're lucky Jonas can literally bike to work walk eh, you know he, nobody's gonna want to do that in the winter in a swedish winter but he doesn't have use a lot of gas for commuting so i'm interesting to you know interested to see like is that putting a hardship on people in the in the uk are there gas prices going up too that's why i'm like why are gas prices the highest I don't know. gas world?
0: prices are going up a lot um here I think I bought, I bought gas, I don't know, maybe last week or something. And it was like, um, one euro, 80 cents for a liter. Which,
1: and that's, is which that is that a, a, that's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. Well, I mean, and these are the kind of conversations I want to have with real sisters, because it's like, you know, how are you feeding your family? And it, it, beyond that, how many of us were homeschooling, you know, because we had to. And, you know, how are you juggling that? Because you still had to work and then you still had to help homeschool and then you still had to get those meals out. And, you know, you weren't having any outside help come in where you may have had other people help up, you know, pick up the slack, whether it was grandma, you know, you couldn't have grandma doing that kind of stuff. So I want to hear how people, what their experience, because I'm happy to talk about mine. Mine was miserable in a certain extent because I had the anxiety of not being able to visit my parents in their 90s you know, over that, like we had a 10 month thing where, and I just bit the bullet and went at Christmas and had some friends who were like, you're not gonna quarantine two minutes, weeks when you get into the house. You know, but I was already like hazmat suit, telling my sister, let me in through the side door, I'll sleep in the, you know, thinking all this stuff, but I, it worked out in the end, but I, you know, so I have, I'm curious as to see how other people dealt with it.
0: Yeah, me too. Is We're gonna have a lot of great conversations. With a lot of interesting people. Tell me over. some of the
1: people you're looking forward to talking to that you know that. Well, that's that's a that's a good question.
0: Um, I there's a couple of opera singers that I know that I'm looking forward to. Oh, I know with.
1: one. that You reminded me of in Vienna. Okay, good. I can remember yeah. that one there. Um,
0: there are a few, a couple of doctors.
1: There's this sister that's on TV. She was um she was one of the hosts for um, Eurovision. You guys won your revision. Yeah, uh, we're that year always. you guys had three hosts. There was a sister who was one of them. I'm pretty yeah, sure. there's. There's. I'd love to have her.
0: Tons of people that I'm looking forward to talking to. Um, don't want to. Don't want to give it all away before beforehand. But I'm actually I'm looking forward to talking to every black woman that we have on the
1: on the slate. For the well, next. my thing is like again. This goes back to selfish. I want to have these conversations as much as I think they need to be had. I am working under the assumption that other people want to hear them because I know they're valuable and they'll be interesting, but it's selfish. I'll put it. So I get to talk with you every week. We get to work together on the behind the scenes. So I have that guaranteed time. It helps keep me sane, helps keep me balanced. That's important during the pandemic. And I found um, helps, you know, I have, I don't want to say separation anxiety, but after being in the States for five months, you know, being back here, I'm going to need more conversations with black women than normally, maybe, you know, so all of that is selfish. And so I think what's selfish and good for one person is going to be selfish and good for somebody else too. And we want to indulge your needs as well. So if wow. there's topics, no, like if there's topics that we haven't thought about covering And it's something you need to know or you need to share. We want to know, right? That's what I mean. Yes,
0: of course. If you have topics you want us to talk about, if you have people you want us to try to interview, you can email us at podcast at blackwomenineurope.com and we'll see what we can do.
1: Oh, one last thing I want to say about blackwomenineurope.com. So I think this will be the 11th power list. And Angela is a power lister. (laughs) Our list started in 2008. I was inspired 2008 or 2009 when time magazine named Michelle Obama, the most powerful woman. Remember that? Yeah. I was like, you know, yeah. You know, we were all like, and I was like, Oh my God, we need that for Europe. And I like subtitled it a list of our own, you know, like Virginia Woolf, a room of our own. I was like, fuck it. We need a list of our own. Cause again, it's like, who's going to do that for us? Who's going to make a black, a list of black women in Europe?
0: That is true. It's um, you're we not going
1: to find it anywhere else. So 11 years ago. So that is going to be coming out. And so my dream not to give anything away, but there's 11 years years of powerless winners. I would love to speak to each and every one of them. I'm honored that I get to host this with one of them, Angela, who won in 2020 or 19, 2020, yes. 2020. <laughs> Uh, for being one of the most powerful women in Europe based in Germany. She was the founder and leader of the Global Black Caucus for Democrats Abroad, which is one of the largest, if not the largest, volunteer organization of Americans. It's the largest American political organization outside American. the US. Right, there we go. So that's why she was on the power list. So, like, you know, like she said, don't want to give everything away. But if you look at that, I invite you to go back through. I mean, it's had combined over 360,000 views all the lists um all those people I want to talk to except for the ones posthumously I remember one yeah we don't want to talk to anybody that's well you know we're not maybe we have a do we have a um median that's going to come on the um nope still don't want to do it so (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to put my foot down on that one so yeah. Um, you have to put your crystal ball away. No, but because there, there was one brilliant woman that I didn't discover. She was already, but I still I was like, we still have to talk about her. She was like an astrophysicist or something, totally brilliant. Um, but yeah, so that's like you know, that's no secret. Anybody that was on my power list, I'm gonna talk to because um you're so super inspiring for whatever reason, whether it is um Your politics are extremely right wing. We can still have a conversation and we can talk about the importance of political participation. How, what was your rise to power? Um, There's a story there. There's some other woman looking at you or a teenager that's like, she's crazy. I need to get her out. How can I do it? Or how do I vote? Or, oh yeah, I could be black and conservative or, you know, I'm not, that's not up for me to decide. You know, yeah. it's, I, it's, I took it upon myself to just to shine the, the light. It's, you know, and I'm not trying to shine it on ugliness or embarrass anybody, you know, that's not what we're shining lights on. But I don't have to agree with your politics to present the credentials, your credentials, because that's what is inspiring to me. I was proud of Condoleezza Rice every time I walked into a US embassy and had to get something done. You know, yeah. and I was like, she was up there in Colin Powell, two pictures and Bush, you know, yeah. Representation matters. I want to work at the embassy. Whatever.
0: Representation does matter. I agree. But I have a lot of mixed feelings about Condoleezza Rice. And that's nothing um,
1: wrong with it. I get it. I get it. But I'm just saying for me, that time I was going to be in the embassy doing my business, I had no problem seeing her up there, smiling down her little flip thing, you know, the picture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was next to Colin. I was like, cool. You know. Well. How many black people do we have in, you know, the State Department and the face of America? You know, that's another thing that um, we've got a lot of American women that are doing that. Some have been stationed in Europe, you know, a lot around the world. Maybe we can catch up with some of those sisters that are um, in your yes. currently um, attachés or um, um, there's lots of things that you can do with, this, with the embassy protocol officers. Um, even if you're the visa thing, like what's that about? Cause help us demystify the embassy, you know? Cause that could be a um, daunting experience a- after 9-11, you know, at least I don't know what it's like to get into your local embassy, but the security you have to go through, you're like, Jesus. Yeah, I I've,
0: I think I've only been to the consulate once in Frankfurt and I swore I would never return there.
1: Well, that's the thing. So okay. <laughs> I
0: would never go back there because it was just too difficult to get in, too much trouble. Um, you have to, you can't bring a phone inside. You have to
1: get checked and patted down and have- but a I, I get it because those people's lives are literally on the line. You know, you don't hear it every day. But when you hear that somebody, the, the embassy went down, you know, it's, you know, it's the clerk, the little visa processor. You know, it's not somebody that's necessarily some career ambassador, you know, with some plush things that had guards and the guards broke down, you know. And it's like how many Marines up there guarding, you know, it's real people. So, like, I would love to talk to somebody from the embassy to find out about embassy life and inspire somebody with a career as a diplomat. You know, why not be the face of America or the face of your country yes. in Europe, right? Well, we no, are all the face
0: of America if you're American. So
1: everybody- one of my friends, yeah, I want to talk to you. She's in Stockholm. Her father, she grew up, her father was a diplomat from, can't remember where, maybe in Uganda. I don't want to say the wrong country. But she grew up the child of a diplomat, and she started um, Scandinavian Fashion Week and designs beautiful things. And gonna have her come on. Well, we're yeah, definitely looking forward to talking. I mean, this is her. so many people, yeah. Like, it'd be so interesting to learn about growing up as a diplomat, and then how did you start, you know, designing designer gowns? So she's like, I got it from my mother, you know. So you just want to hear those kind of stories, you know? At least I do. <laughs> and I'm trying to get her. I'm like, I go to... Balls, don't you have like a sample? So maybe I can get um <laughs> a you get a, for like a sample. Get a sample now. Uh, yeah. Oh <laughs> well, you know, um you can only ask, you can only dream about being in an original designer ensemble. So yeah. yeah. I I get inspired when I think about these women. So I I'm so glad you're doing this with me, Angela. Thank you for agreeing to do this. So what So our format's going to be like this conversational, um, we're going to do it weekly?
0: We're going to do a weekly podcast and we're going to have conversations with people. We're going to talk about news and information that people can use. We're going to talk about things to do that people might want to do around Europe and much, much more. That's true.
1: So it's not going to be one thing. It's not a political thing. It's not about race. It's not about female issues. It's about life through our lens. Female issues. <laughs> Whatever that means. Well, I
0: kind of, you know. I know what you mean, but yeah. that just sounds, it always sounds so terrible. But That's yeah. horrible.
1: But it'll be about life through our lens, and it's a very colorful lens. So we That's will right. see you next week.
0: We'll definitely see you next week. And if you're listening to our podcast on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, please be sure to give us a rating. Um, <laughs> and you can rate us anywhere. We're on any number of podcast channels, but you'll be able to find our podcast through our link tree, which is link, link dot link tree. Link, no, what is it? Link, 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 TR. TR. Dot E-E exactly. slash BWIE. No. Like B-W-I-E. Europe. No, Black Women in Europe. The whole word.
1: The whole oh, thing. black.
0: Oh, Sorry. okay. You made it complicated. I All know. Right. See, I just
1: <laughs> getting the text though. You see what I've been waiting for for 15 years. Well,
0: the link will be in the in the show notes in
1: our but last pitch. <laughs> in our um, podcast. If you anyone listening knows of anyone that should be on this year or any future power list let me know, contact at blackwomeninEurope.com. That would be great. Is I can't possibly find all these people on my own, so I need help. So let's make sure we give these people, these women, our women, their flowers. You know, that's an expression. Did I use it right? Give her my flowers. I've never heard, heard this
0: expression before, but okay, I,
1: I I'll i look it up and let you know what the real what the real deal is. Yeah, I heard it in the five months I've been home, so I don't know if I'm using it in the right context. Um, but we're gonna we want to give the women these flowers their flowers um so help us by contact at black in i'm sorry black in and that's the same email for black businesses for our directory from you know everything and again um, this will be this will be in the show notes for the
0: podcast so with that um thank you so much adrian for sharing thanks, your baby. ideas and vision and for the audience we'll see you next week